three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. My name is DJ Wooldridge, and with me, as always, is the amazing Roxy Stryer. Say hi to the kids at home, Roxy. Is it helpful, DJ, when you say three, two, one, and then you're about to hit start, and then I just start counting down the same numbers you just counted down because I just want to be included? Yeah, I don't listen. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It works out. I don't know what that is. It's like the five-year-old in me. I hear three, two, one, and I was like, uh, my turn. Three, two, one also for me. I want to count too. But I also want to count down, DJ. Thank you. Please. Well, next I time. I got the from stupid. Next time, I will have you count down, and I think that'll solve all the, all our problems. Oh, I'm so excited about that. So this <laughs> is the show that we talk about movies, TV shows, comic books, and literally whatever the hell else we like to talk about. We want to answer your questions. And today we've, we're talking about a host of things. But our main topic for today is New Mutants because after many years in in purgatory or limbo, let's say limbo, that's a part of the movie, uh, it is finally you know, came to a theater and is now streaming at home. And we finally had a chance to watch it. We're going to talk about that and the future of the X-Men movies. Um, but a whole bunch of other things. And like, like every week, we like to start off our show with what we are into this week. And Roxy, you are into a couple things. What are you into this I week? I am. I'm into so many things. Thank you for noticing, DJ. Mm-hmm. I'm like, miss, I'm into. Uh, if you like it so much, then why don't you marry it? I, I don't know what grade I'm in right now. One of the things what, that I'm into. Not to not well, to not to give away where you're at, but it, it makes sense that you might be reliving some of your youth because you're on the road right now. Right, right. Yeah. In the basement. Yeah. Nobody knows. Uh, I do, it is actually kind of funny because I do feel like when I come home, I have childlike tendencies. You know, you can hear yourself getting a little whinier. But like the other day, I was on a, a Zoom with some people from work and my dad calls me. He's like, Rock? And I'm like, yeah, dad. And he's like, do you want any grapes? And I'm like, I would love grapes. Thank you, dad. Like, I'm 30 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> like, You're getting your grapes. They're like, is your is your father bringing you grapes right now? I was like, yes, he is. Thank you so much for acknowledging my situation currently. Um, but you know, I've been alone during this pandemic, so finally, I get to be like a kid getting taken care of. Uh, but one of the things I've been doing. Oh yeah, go ahead, DJ. No, I always find when I go home, I've I've learned this about myself. When I go home, it, it's I mean, there's always a certain amount of stress because you're leaving your environment, you're re-entering an environment that you've left a long time. But there's a certain ease to it because you're not responsible. Finally, for once, you're not responsible for anything. You just need to show up. Like that's basically all you oh, need yeah. to do. My my mom and my sister came out to visit us um, a couple years back, and I was so stressed because I was now the 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 host. I was like responsible for things, uh, and I didn't realize yeah. it at the time. Whoa. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know that I'd be able to handle it. I need somebody else getting me grapes. I cannot mm-hmm. be getting grapes. Yeah, you don't want to get them grapes. You, then you got to go to the store and get the grapes. You're like, what if you get the wrong grapes? See, now it's a whole thing. I know. I know. So one of the things I have been doing, though, as I'm quarantined here with my sister, <laughs> is that we love binging shows together. Yes. And when you pick the show that you're going to binge, because we're both going to be together for about six days. And we, we like sleep in the same bed and we watch TV for like two or three hours at night together. Love it. So it's a big deal when we get together what show we're going to start because we're probably going to do some heavy damage. Mm-hmm. Like we are going to really make our way through. So we kind of did, a, we, we read the room, we pulled the crowd, we asked a bunch of people that we trusted about their TV uh, recommendations. And one show kept popping up as an underrated comedy of the last decade. And that was a show called You're the Worst. Yes. Now, I'm a big FX fan in general. I Same. think FX makes some great content. So anytime somebody recommends something to me on FX, I'm like, okay, I definitely at least will give this a shot. And now that Fox has been bought by Disney and FX is on Hulu and it's really convenient to watch everything there. Yep. and very bingeable. Um, and it goes with the Roku. You know, a lot of this played into the factor, but we were like, all right, let's just give it a shot. And this show is so cringeworthily good. It is awesome. Uh, I put out a tweet this past week saying that I think that my favorite genre in general is cringe. I love cringe television. Like anything that you have to watch like this and you're like, ooh, ah. Uh, and this show is so that. Um, it's it's a, a really, really interesting take on relationships. 
and being a kind of person who like doesn't actually want to be in a committed relationship but then somehow finds themselves in a committed relationship and one of the four main characters is a war vet but it's a comedy and i think that they've handled that really interestingly as well and uh, i i just think they do a really phenomenal job with it and also aya cash is the main woman in it and i just loved her coming off of the boys so i thought that and and you don't even you barely even recognize her in this because it's such a different role. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprise, surprise! She's actually not playing a Nazi in this uh, this show, so totally a different role. And yes, yeah, just good. It's really good. It's funny. It makes me like feel like I'm suffocating, which to me is a good thing when you're watching television. Uh, I'm I'm super into it. DJ, have you ever seen this? Heard of it? Ever been recommended by a friend for yeah, this or not? I've heard nothing but good things. I've actually had a few friends that have worked with Aya Cash, and I've heard nothing but great things about her. Um, and then and then uh, people that have watched the show that have really loved it. I I am kind of touch and go with the cringe stuff. It's so funny because I remember last week you were talking about Pen Fifteen, which apparently was also yes. a little bit cringy. Yep. But but you also made a big point. You're like, I want to just escape to the cringiest shows in the world. Yes, that's. My- that's all I want in life is to forget about my own stupid shit, which like there's a lot of shit. And mm-hmm. then watch somebody else in pain. I'm like, ooh. Perfect. Yep. Have you ever seen the show Rami on Hulu? No, but people have definitely recommended me that. And and Rami won um Rami Yusuf won the Emmy for that, didn't he? Or I believe did so. I believe so. And that's one of the few shows I've watched. And you talk about cringing. That's especially in the second season. There were two scenes in the second season. One of them's in the finale that I literally had to stop. I had to stop the show and like walk away for a second because it was so uncomfortable. Uh, so okay, maybe right up your alley. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> right up your alley. alley. So oh, we actually. Yeah, I love that stuff. We actually had a question from Danny in the Discord. Why do you think you're the worst missed out on mainstream? I'm assuming he's talking about that. It is kind of like people kind of view it as an underrated classic. Yeah, I will say I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. So I think that that's one of the main reasons. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of people would watch this and be like, they're, bo- they're both um, in the same way that it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Like you don't really like either of the main two characters and of the main four, they're all very flawed. Yeah. They're kind of mean to each other. Um, they do things that are like completely unforgivable, yet they end up being equally as shitty to each other. So then they end up forgiving each other on a lot of things. And it's not like it totally reinvents the wheel. Yeah. It's not like, oh my God, this is the first time I've ever seen anything like this. It doesn't have any A-list celebrities attached to it either. It's just a bunch of really good actors performing in a show about relationships and working in Los Angeles and it's cringeworthy as fuck. So like, I think that it doesn't get looked at well because it, the things that matter to people are like grand spectacle. This doesn't have that. It's just really well written, really uh, interesting premises like they, they or positions that they get themselves into, but there's not, it's not like one of those shows where I'm like, Oh, you should watch this with your grandma, your mom, there's crazy dragons in it. And there's this and there's that. It's just kind of a, a small show. It's yeah. a small show, but I love things like that. So I think it gets overlooked because it's certainly not for everybody. And it and that means that it's not going to get the kind of recognition that something like a modern family would get because yeah. you're, you can relate to at least one of the characters on Modern Family. You yeah. see yourself in a little bit at least one of them. Or, of course, a Friends. Or um, I'm just trying to think of the actually recent things that have done well in comedies like this um uh uh shit's creek doing really well like you kind of can connect to them a little bit more or um you find like that that's a completely different premise that they're in this new town and all this stuff this is just a normal show if that makes sense yeah it does yeah i'm with you too i think like i'm a huge fx fan fx has produced some of my all literally my all-time favorite shows and it is interesting because like i think hbo has like carved out this niche of like prestige tv like like Mm -hmm. cream of the crop like some of the biggest budgets and and all that stuff well fx has has kind of developed this kind of like underground television like incredibly well-crafted television that'll like go for your throat it's like we might not have those hbo budgets but we're not messing around we'll, we'll do stuff that like pushes buttons and, and and test things and i'm similar to you that like and i think we've we might have discussed this before that like on one level i know i've mentioned this before i know intellectually that disney gobbling up all of the properties is not great for our industry 
on a convenience level for DJ, it is pretty nice to have all those FX shows on Hulu. <laughs> totally. Like the fact that I just have to go to one place, I hit play, and then it will play for five hours if I don't touch the screen. I'm like, you've got me. Yeah. I'm in. You this win. The way it goes. Yeah. And I don't have to remember where I am because I'm logging my Hulu. So when I go back to LA, it's going to be at the same spot. Mm-hmm. Like it's just those little things that make, they make a difference when you just don't even want to think about it. So yeah. And I, I can't get, I can't emphasize enough how much I think that FX does a great job because you said they don't have the same budget. They just pick the best writers, the yeah. best actors. They don't pick the biggest names. They pick the right people for the jobs. So they, they really take the craft and the art so seriously that I, I haven't watched an FX show in a, I don't even remember the last time that, that I was like, that wasn't good. Yeah. They just, they really care. Uh, and as a writer, I know you are too, DJ. I've always said like, it would be such an honor and dream to have my show on FX because that's exactly where I would want to be as a creator yeah. because of the attention to the detail that they put in and the sto- types of stories that they decide to tell. It's just so good. It's yeah. so good. 100%. Like I would, I would, you know, we'd all love that HBO money. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. That yeah, said, yeah. it's like to be in the same, on the same network that had the shield that had justified, that had the Americans that had yeah. terriers that had yeah. like all the like American horror story, fucking uh feud, it, all the Ryan Murphy yeah. shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. I know. They do a phenomenal job. And, and in general, FX doesn't get enough credit. I don't no. think people look at it as the player that it is. But anybody, if you ever hear people talk about FX, you know that like anybody who watches FX is like, FX is the greatest. Like we ride for it so hard because it's underrated for sure. For no. sure. Because it's not a Showtime. It's not an HBO. Now it's not a Apple TV or whatever has all this money. No. Um, but it's so good. And this show is Truly, truly phenomenal. What about you, DJ? What's going on with with the DJ? So, uh, Ooh, I, DJ, so cool. Uh, so, for me, the uh, exciting thing I got an email yesterday. I got a screener for Disney and Pixar Soul. Um, so I was very excited to check this out. This was uh, uh, Pixar's latest movie that was supposed to be coming in the theaters, I believe, in June. And like everything else, it got it, that didn't happen. Um, and so uh, it's supposed to release on Disney Plus on Christmas Day. Um, mm-hmm. The last screener I got for a a theatrical release that was moving to Disney Plus was Mulan, and I'm happy to report that Soul was uh, I I enjoyed Soul more than I enjoyed watching Mulan. Um, I'm a big fan. Whoa. Of- <laughs> Shocker. Um, I'm a very, like like most people, I'm a very big fan of Pixar. I think they have significantly more hits than they have misses. Some of my favorite movies of all time, like Wally, Inside Out, The Incredibles. Like, there's so many movies that really mean a lot uh. to me. What? Up. Up uh-huh. is another. Well, speaking of Up, uh, Pete Doctor is the person that directed uh, Soul. It was directed by Pete Doctor with Kent Powers as a co-director. It was written by Pete Doctor and Mike Jones and Kent Powers. And for those that don't know about Soul, it is a little harder to describe, so I'm going to go with the synopsis. A musician who has lost his passion for music. Huh? That's not... Anyway, a musician uh, uh, who has lost his passion for Wait, music. you don't feel like that's what it is? Oh, that's not it at all. That's 100% wrong, actually. So we're going into the synopsis already uh, on a bad foot. The musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. Uh, critic, critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes, um, a film as beautiful to contemplate as it is to behold. Soul proves Pixar's power to d- deliver outstanding all-ages entertainment remains undimmed uh no so the lead guy joe played by jamie fox in no way has lost his passion for music he is being pressured by his mom in particular to take a stable teaching job and let go of his dream of being like a performing musician um and he gets a moment of his big break and as we've seen in the trailers uh he dies uh and so he his soul goes into the great beyond and through certain machinations, he runs into uh, this young soul, 22, played by Tina Fey, um, which is it's a really good bit about, I guess, I guess there's a mentorship program in the afterlife. And so the person that's giving out these, these souls is like, well, this soul is 1 billion, da, 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 like a massive number. And then it's like, and this soul is 22. And Tina Fey's 22 is such a low number because she successfully avoided going to Earth 
since essentially the dawn of time. She does not want to go to Earth. She doesn't want anything to do about it. While Joe, because he's ready to get his big break, wants to go back. And so they have to team up to figure out a way to get him back so he can have his big break. And of course, it's Pixar. So it goes, not only not only is it lovely, but like in and out they, they challenge animation conventions because it's dealing with more abstract concepts. So there's these group of entities known as Jerry's that are like line art and the way they they maneuver throughout um uh the the afterlife is unique uh for those li- if those watching i just put up an asset of the jerry's ooh. So, ooh, <gasps> patreon.com slash only stupid answers anyway um uh and so like i will say if you compare it to something like in and out or in and out. Excuse me. In and out is a great burger. Inside you keep out. Calling it in and out, and every time I smile. Damn it! I've been messing up this whole time. If you compare oh, it to, I wasn't even going to correct you. I was like, "Where them fries at? Where they at?" Uh, if you go to, uh, compared to Inside Out, excuse me, or an Up, it 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 doesn't necessarily. It's not necessarily as good as those movies. I think particularly in Inside Out because at least Inside Out has the framework of the way that the mind works. Whereas when you're talking about the afterlife, at that point you're you're in complete abstraction. Like we don't we don't really have people have ideas of that since the dawn of time, but we don't have a, uh, the same gauge for it as the way we do the way the mind works. Um, but Coco oh, talks a little bit about the afterlife. That's a good point. It's a very different afterlife. It, it, yeah. It's a very it's a very different afterlife. Weirdly, a little less scary because Coco's like when they forget about you you're gone it's like oh cool um a little less threatening in that sense but there is a lot of dealing with Joe's feelings about what it means to be successful what it means to pursue your dream the idea of a purpose in life the idea of pursuing your dream when other people don't necessarily think you're gonna make it the feeling that if you don't make it your life had no meaning um so for me it really got right into the feels and and in particular a lot of insecurities i have right now because i think like a lot of us you know uh i had a lot of goals going into the year that uh literally could not pan out because of the pandemic so there is a damn you courtney covid yes courtney covid uh strikes again um and so it got it, it, even if, even if it wasn't like as narratively strong as something like Inside Out. It really did connect with me on a very personal level, and so I was very thankful to have been able to watch it right now. It is lovely, of course. It is well acted, of course. It is gorgeous. The animation in it is stunning. It even has uh, a director of photography listed in the credits. I don't know what that means for an animated movie, but. You can tell, like you can tell yeah. the, the work that went into it. Uh, just to shout out some of the names, of course, I just said Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey voices 22, uh, Graham Norton's in there, uh, Rachel House voices a character named Terry. Uh, if you're not familiar who Rachel House is, uh, she was the character Topaz in Thor Ragnarok, uh, which yeah. was which was the Grandmaster's one of his main lackeys. She's she's very funny in the movie. Just so many. Uh, I'm uh, seeing a lot of names on here, DJ, like Felicia Rashad, yep. uh, Angela Bassett, yep. Questlove, David Diggs. Yep. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's was a, there a standout voice for you. Um, not re- I, I, what it is interesting because David Diggs has a has a significantly smaller role. It's essentially a cameo, but his voice is so distinct. Like the second he shows up, you're like. Oh, um, uh, it's cool. I actually thought Questlove acquitted himself very well because obviously I perceive him more as a musician than an actor. Uh, yeah. But I didn't even realize, like, for example, I don't know about you, Roxy. I checked out uh, Good Lord Bird on Showtime, and there's a very brief Killer Mike cameo. And as cool as much as I love Killer Mike, he is not an actor. Um, but so, yeah, so it was cool that that you know Questlove. Like, I didn't even realize it was him until I looked it up. But if you on Christmas Day, I know we actually have a new story about other uh, coming down the pipe about other um, uh, Christmas Day releases that are coming to streaming platforms. Watch Soul. It, it's beautiful. It's lovely. Like a lot of Pixar movies, it's very life affirming, but also willing to be um, challenging and, and honest about the fact that not every, not only does not everybody achieve fame or stardom or any of that stuff but that is also not that is not a good way to gauge a success in life um uh which i always do i do get a little bit cynical about when it's coming from something like pixar like none of none of you know 
about what it's like to be not successful. You're directing a Pixar movie. Don't give me that shit. You're making Pixar movies. But um, but I, I think for anybody that might have some of those same struggles or insecurities or, 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 or anybody that has goals in life, I think you'll find something really lovely in this movie. And also, it's pretty to look at. Even if you don't care about any of that, it's pretty to look at. Honestly, you, I was sold uh, pun intended, before, but now I'm really sold. <laughs> Just give it to me. Just you got it. You got it. And, and, and you're also like, but if there's not any in and out in that movie, I'm going to yeah, be. Yeah, but where is the in and out? Where is the in and out? Animal style. Am I right, people? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, uh, let's talk about New Mutants. Roxy, you are very excited to talk about this. Let's give uh, your spoiler-free thoughts on New Mutants. Well, I owe Only Stupid Answers a lot of things, and I have to say thank you because without OSA, I guarantee you that I was not going to watch this movie. Really? I was was really just not going to watch it. And then... Talked to DJ last week, and we talked about the Mandalorian reviews and whatnot, and we were like, okay... Maybe New Mutants came out. It's pretty, they're doing it rental. You don't yes. even have to buy it, which is very rare for these types of movies. Usually they come out, you got to spend that 20 bucks. It's $4. Yeah. Uh, why don't we just watch it? I have a flight. What am I doing on the flight? I'll just watch it on the flight. We'll talk about it on the show and we'll rag on it all we want. We'll just mm-hmm. talk about how much this movie was whack and never should have happened. And they should have just kept it in the vault somewhere. And then I saw it. And I couldn't, the entire time, all I kept thinking was, I like this movie. Wait, I'm really enjoying myself. Wow, I like these characters. Huh, most of these actors are pretty good. Hmm, I'm interested in what happens here. Will I say that this is the best movie of all time? Absolutely not. Will I say that this movie was vastly underrated and people were crazy calling this the worst movie the worst comic book movie the worst movie of this year all those things that people labeled this i mean it's ridiculous dj this movie is totally good it is a good solid i gets me from point a to point b to point c and it does it with flair uh it does a couple things that i haven't seen before or haven't really been focused on in the comic book uh, like teenage movie like this uh I'm a lover of love, a ship or a ship. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of romance elements. A lot in of that movie. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, you know I'm into because I'm a hopeless, a hopeless romantic. I was shocked with how much I liked this movie. I felt bad, even though I watched this movie through a, a, a face shield and two masks. I felt bad with how loud I kept saying, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty I like good. You, you like getting up and like tapping someone on the shoulder like, this is actually pretty good. Can anyone else see this? Because based on your guys' reviews, I thought this was going to be hot garbage. But this movie is actually pretty freaking good. Will I say that there were a couple of the actors um, that were not acting as as much as I would hope? I mean, or maybe acting too much? Mm -hmm. They're either not acting enough or they're acting too much. Uh, Yes, I I will say that I thought that the the some of the accents in this movie were shoddy at best yes they could have Um, dialed back some of uh, some of the accents some of the accents were woof um but in general yeah i'm i'm here for Maisie williams i think she was really good in the movie she was really excellent uh i liked some of anya taylor joy's choices i love her as an actress in general speaking of queen's gambit um but some speaking of the accents touch and go (laughs) on that one uh, this was not Charlie Heaton's best work. Yeah, uh, agree. They agree with that. Yes, that, he was. That it was not his best. But in general, I I got what we were going for, and I think that they, after all things are said and done, I think they executed a totally solid movie. Yeah, I think I, I think it's totally. It's definitely not the worst X Men movie. I can I can promise you that. 
uh, it, it is for me, it was perfectly fine. There were things that I liked that I'll get more into when I get into spoilers because I think they're a little bit specific. Um, um, but I like, I even though we, you know, we just talked about like Charlie, Charlie Heaton's not, not necessarily his best work. Um, uh, for me, the accent in particular was they, his, his accent, his backstory, it's like, oh, you're going for a very specific thing that I don't think is as common as you think it is. Um, but um, let's go. In I don't know that that was his fault, though. I, I, I agree. I, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, so just to to uh, give you all a little bit of info, uh, the synopsis for New Mutants is five young mutants just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. That is a better synopsis than Souls was uh, as far as accuracy. It was directed by Josh Boone and written by Josh Boone and Nate Lee. And on Rotten Tomatoes, the critics consensus is rendering a list of potentially explosive ingredients mostly inert. The New Mutants is a franchise spinoff that lets that that's less than the sum of the superpower parts. It has a 33% on the to- tomato meter and a 56% audience score. I think the audience score, I agree with more than the tomato meter. The tomato meter seems a touch harsh on this one. Like you were I talking thought, about. I mean, ridiculously harsh. Like I feel like people reviewed this movie before they even saw it. We all heard that this was going to be a train wreck. And so people were like, eh, I'm just going to write this off as the train wreck it is. And I feel like they, and I know this isn't true. I'm sure the critics actually did watch it, but I feel like they didn't even give it a fair shape. Like, well, I think you and I are in a similar position here. Like before I started doing what we do and then going to screenings and stuff like that, um, there's this sense of like the, the the critic, the reviewer is in this kind of like rarefied air and they're able to take their own opinions out of it. And that is not fucking true. Like, like when you go to these screenings, these are just dudes and dudettes. People. Yeah. These are just people and they will 100% go in with preconceived notions that will 100% influence their reviews. Like, uh, there have been a few. T- I remember very specifically, Sam and I were walking out of glass, and we were all like, eh, "It was." We didn't. We didn't love the movie. We were like, "It eh, was pretty good. I enjoyed myself." And you could hear the people around. You could hear the consensus around us, and we were the minority. Like people, yeah. people were not having it. And I've been in rooms like. Uh, uh, I was going to a screening. It was some A24 screening and two other critics were sitting there and they were talking about their opinions on Joker. And it was very clear that they had, they had preconceived, whatever your feelings on that movie, they, they very much had preconceived notions going into mm-hmm. what it was. So I think, I think you are probably right with that. And it is tough in their defense uh, with the, with the sordid history of this movie and where, and where it falls within the franchise and how long it's just been kicked around. Yes. Here are a couple of reviews that I agree with. Tim Roby from the Daily Telegraph says, you know what? It's nowhere near the disaster you'd probably imagine. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree. Absolutely. Um, Brett White from Decider said, it's far from the best X-Men film, but it's also far, far from the worst. That is so true. Uh, but then there's these reviews on here that are like, crapping on this movie like it is the worst movie that you've ever seen um everybody like everybody uh as you said it has a 33 percent so as the top critics all ripping this to shreds giving it a two out of five a two out of five i mean come on yeah like this movie was it was i'm not saying it's great it is good i really enjoyed it it was good it was good and maybe I only feel it was good because of how bad everybody else said it was. But, like, it, it's fair that the audience is at 56%. I would probably put that closer to in the mid-60s, maybe yeah. even at a 70. Kind of reminded me of how I felt about Venom, where I, yeah. I was like, I like this movie. Yeah, Venom. I, I I'm with you. I had to be fair. Uh, I'm a big Venom fan. I grew. Up, I was a kid in the '90s, so Venom is my jam. And I like Tom Hardy a lot. And the fact that he was having fun meant I was having fun. Uh, so so maybe I'm not judging that movie fairly. But with this movie, let's go into spoilers because because there's some specific spoiler things I want to talk about. And I'm going to jump on first with the Charlie Heat thing. Like when they start going to like I worked in a mine and they like got the pickaxes and stuff. I'm like, wait, what is what is what century is this? What's happening? Um, but I'm. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know. And that accent is thick. And as a fan of Justified, that also takes place in Kentucky mining country, uh, accents were a lot more subtle on that show. Um, I'm with you though. I thought for me, I thought 
uh, Maisie, her Rain Williams, Maisie Williams' powers were the dumbest. If I'm being honest, her performance though, I thought was just what this movie needed to really ground it. And and I also um, really liked the romance between her and Danny because that's not. It's not. I think through all the superhero movies I've seen, I don't think a superhero movie's done a lesbian romance, and it was very I, sweet and tender. Just that alone for me was like, okay, I like this film. Because they had legitimate chemistry. Yeah. Uh, I loved watching them. I love Danny not trusting Rain at first because she doesn't necessarily trust anybody because we've seen Anya Taylor-Joy's character be like a total mess of a person. Mm-hmm. And and then I like Danny and Rain having the soft spot for each other. And Maisie Williams is actually just a fantastic actress. Yes. She's been doing this for a minute, so it's good that she... But I think she's actually one of the more underrated actresses to come from Game of Thrones. I know that yeah. Amelia Clark gets all this praise, but for me, what Maisie Williams was able to do on that show as a child yep. and yep. then growing up, I, she's just got it. She's got chops. And you just believe that these two young women, despite everything going on around them and all of the horrible things that they had dealt with, just like found each other. And and that moves me. I love when people find love in a hopeless place, not yeah. to quote Rihanna on this one, but like, <laughs> but why not? I just thought that was beautiful. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that that was great. I liked seeing the ter- the them grow and develop. It wasn't like, oh, we saw each other. It just seemed like a realistic romance, and it happened to be between two women, and it wasn't forced, and it yeah. wasn't weird, and it wasn't. Um, they didn't just like have to explain like I'm a lesbian. Are you a lesbian too? Mm-hmm. It was like I've never done this before with a woman with anybody. Yeah. Just like teenage shit, yeah. which was really really cool to watch. Um, and imagine coming up as like a, a young queer woman, man, whatever, and and having this be one of the first times you've ever seen in a major tentpole movie that like that's chill. Mm-hmm. And like, her- that's it's just crazy. We're in fucking it's twenty twenty. Like, yeah. why can't you and I, who are big nerds, think of any other? examples of this that's so stupid and it's a bummer that that the movie that that's in it was one that was like shunted around and finally just kind of dropped in the middle of a pandemic yes Um, like it's not even being talked about that this happened i will say is is the accents in general i think were kind of spotty i like you i like onion taylor joy as an actress and um magic is a character that i know is popular in the comics but has never really done anything for me but seeing her there was clearly a lot of love for that character in this movie. And so seeing her take on the demon bear at the end, seeing her ability, seeing the sword, I, I growing up as a kid, uh, uh, Lockheed was a favorite of mine. And so when she pulls out that puppet, I'm like, bullshit. If we don't actually see fucking Lockheed, I'm going to call bullshit on this shit. And so when it showed up at the end, I was like, fuck yeah, we got, you got the little purple dragon. I'm kind of already on board now. Like it kind of doesn't matter what you do for the rest of the movie. I'm kind of good with you now. Yeah, that was such a cool, that, like, why not? Yeah. Why not add that in there? So I, I agree. And I think that Anya Taylor-Joy, it's hard for me to say she did a, a fantastic job in this movie because that accent work was not great. Um, I, It didn't seem even fully necessary. And it does feel, I, I, I don't know um, Josh Boone's work that well. Yeah. I, I do like Fault in Our Stars. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that, that, I don't know what else that he's done, but I do feel like when you have a shoddy accent, but you have an excellent actor, a director needs to step in and say like, we either need to tone this back, tone it up, like dial it in, whatever it is. It is is partially on the director to like be honest with the actors and say what's working because we didn't need to hear what she was bringing to the table with that. But her, her movements are so spot on and her dedication and her, her stare and her focus. She really gives herself to characters. And I think it's really cool to watch. I think it's cool to see this young upcoming actress who's got really unique features. She's obviously um, striking, but she's different. And uh, I think that she has a long career ahead of her. And I think that this was a role that she did a pretty good job in of convincing me that she's a fucking magical badass who's scared as shit and also bitch. Like all of those things at once. Um, She was multi-layered, which we don't see all the time, especially from our young female characters. They're kind of just one thing. She was many things. And so despite the not so great accent i was really happy with this character yeah it's one of those as somebody that that you know has directed a few shorts and stuff like that wants to be a director those expressive eyes 
but it's yeah. like it's like you could do so much with just her eyes um uh in a shot and a scene and just the way she's able to to express it especially it makes sense that she kind of came up through horror stuff because it's like that's horror gold um i will say with that character something that did throw me out of the movie is obviously a, a big plot point is actually honestly i can't I know Dr. Reyes gets a whole thing describing her power, Danny's powers, but it doesn't make any fucking sense if you think about it. Anyway, it, her powers are bringing people's fears to life. And yeah. uh, Ileana's and you tell her Joy's fears are these guys that basically are, they all but state that they were molesting her and they become kind of these monsters that are like chasing them. It's like, that's not fun. These guys, I feel weird that these are kind of like our henchmen monsters that are basically pedophiles. This is weird. <laughs> Yeah, and looked like the fucking creepy Buffy characters too. Um, it, it was it was weird. And then like, there's that one scene where we're like, they can't hurt you, they can't hurt you, and it's like, yes, they can. Fucking run! Mm-hmm. And so many times in this movie, I will say that they like stop for breath and like the monsters are right behind them and it's like there's no way you're stopping because we need to catch up with the camera Mm -hmm. there's no other reason you're stopping right now like with those monsters there were a lot of strange interactions and they're coming from all angles and like sometimes you can kill them really easily by like doing your explosion-y powers and sometimes you can't kill them at all and you're super duper afraid um so i i was those they weren't my favorite part of the movie either yeah uh danny m in the chat says uh he also really loves the characters he really felt very close to the comics i uh i am a particular fan of uh sunspot and cannonball uh mm-hmm. so uh, um um sam and i'm um, forget his civilian name uh uh, Charlie Eaton's character and the character played by Henry Zaga, Roberto da Costa. And I liked the easy, just them hanging out. It was nice. It felt like a little, nice little nod to the fan. It's like, yeah, these in the comic, these guys are like best friends. Like, and so it felt like the seeds being planted of like, yeah, this is going to keep, this is going to keep growing. And you can see where, where they wanted stuff to go. There's, um, we've got a, a question for it in the discord that we'll get into in a second. The, they seed Essex Corp, which from the comics that was also seeded in, um, the, oh, it, what, what, hold on, hold on. Boiler Huff. Both Apocalypse and Mutants had Easter eggs pointing to Mr. Sinner. That's that's that Essex Corp. Um, and the rumor has it the Gambit movie would have involved Sinister as well. Um, Didn't it? Oh, sorry, DJ, go ahead. No, no, this is what we were going to ask. It just felt to me also, though, like, I know this movie was not shot during the time of quarantine. Yeah. I know, in fact, this movie was shot years ago yeah. and was supposed to be released 5,000 times before quarantine, but it felt like a movie that was shot during quarantine because there's like four people in it the whole time and we're in one location for 95% of the movie. And that was kind of refreshing to me for a comic book movie. Actually, Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was going to love that, but like us spending so much time in this lockdown made me feel claustrophobic. It made me feel stuck. It made me feel like the kids and it, and it wasn't about like, going to the earth 45 like and we got to get back and the timeline might change and it just was kind of cool to stay put yeah if that makes any sense yeah it does it does what and what i was going to say is you can see where they were setting stuff up to go yeah uh, and future installments which unfortunately we won't get but to your point um danny in the discord chat says this was such a small scale movie do you see marvel or dc doing more niche genre small scale movies if so what characters would you like to see if not why not do you think because i think that was kind of the big success of the deadpool the reason it's one of the best earning x-men movies is because it was one of the cheaper x-men movies do you think studios will like i think they were trying to do a similar thing with birds of birds of prey like it's kind of a comparatively smaller scale movie DJ of Birds of Prey and New Mutants were our tests, then I don't think that they made studios feel very confident. Um, That's not their know, fault. <laughs> it's definitely not, but not big earners. Yeah. Um, I do think that when you're talking about more niche comic book movies, absolutely. That's why we got something like Joker, which yeah. instead of being a $250 million budget, is a $70 million budget um, and is focused on one character. Obviously, it's not a small character, but just one character and is like kind of a horror-y, thriller-y type film. So I do think we're going to get more of those. But no, this was almost like, this was almost like a bottle movie. It's like a bottle episode of a show, but as a movie. I mean, they really, we really like were in this one house and I thought that was extremely effective. So I would like to see studios think outside of the box and not have to go big or go home on every single thing yeah but i i kind of think after quarantine everybody's gonna want like 
the biggest space escapism things possible. So I don't know genre. Yes, but exactly like this, probably not. Yeah, uh, which I do think is kind of a bummer. It's it's kind of frustrating to see studios get into this bigger is better model where they spend so much money that then they have to make back double that insane yeah. amount just, just to, be, to be successful at all. Yeah, and so I'd like to see them. I I'd like to see us make more just movies, just normal, just normal movies again, and not have them get shunted to to Netflix all the time. Not that I have any problem with Netflix. It's just it, you know, like we discussed, once we're able to go see movies in theaters again, we like doing that and so i would i would like to see more movies like deadpool or joker that spend less money and have a better opportunity to make more in hopes that like i wish studios would look at joker and be like oh maybe we can make crime movies again you remember those like we could we could just make crime movies again they don't necessarily have to have a super character attached but i do think it's depends on the character like spider-man movies are always going to be big budget affairs but there's characters like the question um i mean there's a reason yeah. moon knight's going to disney plus and and is not a, a big thing daredevil is another good example uh, of a character that i think you could do like like i think my dream would be in to see them get more experimental like how crazy would it be if marvel went to somebody like the safty brothers who did uncut gems and good time yeah. and said hey you want to do daredevil go to town yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean just, with the budget of uncut like gems but go to town yeah, yeah. It feels like that's not going to happen, but I'm super into that as well. That sounds fucking really fun to me. Uh, another question from um, the Discord, Christoph628, of the kids that made it out, which I think was most of our main kids, uh, made it out, who would you guys be happy to see again? Who would you want to see maybe show up again from this movie? In what? I mean, yeah, it's it really is a hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, yeah. like, it kind of depends, like, in what like as a tv show as a movie as a as a one-off like in like in somebody else's film coming over to the mcu like in what would we see them because i think it makes a huge difference i can tell you something it's definitely not charlie heaton's character for any of those Mm -hmm. Uh, and i actually do like him but this just was not it it didn't land what he thought was working did not work and nobody let him know but everybody knew it was not working uh so i don't know maybe rain um because I, I think that hers was the most well-rounded. Uh, yeah, but you're kind of right. She, she wasn't the most well-rounded of the of the with the powers. Yeah. She was just the, the best performed. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because so, it's like you think like, oh, werewolf. That should be we've done that in movies for years, and it's like, oh, this is silly. But she's so good that it doesn't matter really. Yeah. Um. So maybe like uh, Rain Danny spinoff. I don't know. Uh, if your power is that you make people's fears come to life. I think there's a lot of things you can do with that in yeah. other formats. So I could see more about that. Um, I also liked uh, uh, Henry Zaga in this. Mm-hmm. Or I thought that he did a good job. So uh, who I also don't want to see anything more about is Dr. Reyes. I don't <laughs> think you have to worry about that. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. But also like watching her come out with like those scratches all over. I was just like, Ugh. I yeah. mean, imagine getting that like hurt that hurt and it's weird too because i think in the comics she's a heroic character i think she's one of the x-men so it was weird to have her have her be in this role um speaking of the dubious nature of ever seeing these characters again jake hefner are there any aspects of the fox x-men universe you'd like to see the mcu incorporate into their take on it or should they just start with a clean slate because i know there's rumors with you know scarlet witch maybe they could like do some universe stuff. Do you want to see some of these characters blend over? Or should Marvel just start from scratch? I think that it's going to be much more beneficial for them to start from scratch. Agreed. Because it's going to be really hard to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but let's justify every time we recast versus every time we have somebody like, let's just, we'll just, no, no, that, meh. Uh, although they are, did you see all that Quicksilver news? Uh, it, recent stuff. I haven't seen recent stuff, but I know that that, that if I remember correctly, the actor who played um, Quicksilver in the X Men movies is Evan supposed. Peters. He's supposed to. They haven't confirmed that he's Quicksilver, but he's supposed to be in Wandavision, right? Because that I think it was one of those things. It wasn't Lego, but you know when they do the, uh, like you find something out because of the dolls yeah. and the Legos and the whatever, whatever it was. There was a Quicksilver that looks like Evan Peters. Doesn't wow. look like. Um, whatever the other dude's name was. Uh, 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 Jonathan Taylor Thomas. No, that's not what it is. Yeah. I can't remember. Uh, no, no, that's exactly what. No, 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 no. 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 
Jo- Aaron Taylor Johnson. Johnson. Bingo. Johnson. We Johnson. got there. We got there. Fine. I interviewed him for Collider Live. Remember <laughs> his name very well. Good rocks. Um, but so I don't know how they're going to do that. Um, I don't know how, what they're going to do with Evan Peters coming through or how they're going to. I, I I don't know. What do you think, DJ? I think trying to incorporate any... I, I, I do support Evan Peters' Quicksilver showing up in WandaVision because that's a very... One, his take on Quicksilver... Quicksilver is a character I do not give a shit about in the comics. His was Quicksilver great. was great. Yeah. And so the considering Wanda's relationship to that, her abilities, if that's the one dude that... Even if he doesn't like come over, we just see there's an interaction there, on board with that. Otherwise... The idea of trying to incorporate anything from those movies, I think, is a fucking mistake. I think it's too complicated. People, I know, it people, is so complicated. It'd be it's so just, complicated, yeah. and if there's a lot of people that are like, "Well, they have to do some sort of epic retcon to include mutants." Bullshit. Fucking Captain Marvel was supposedly around before Avengers, and they, she, they just, she just was around. Uh, a, Wakanda, Black Panther, has supposed to been around since the dawn of time, and they, yeah. you know, you could. I think there's easy ways that you can say mutants were around. We didn't know, and now we do, and that's and we just move forward with that. I mean, it happened in uh, DC too with Wonder Woman, who was like, "Yeah, no, I decided to like work in a museum for a little bit, but like, I'm back now." Yeah, I think I think you say that characters like Professor X, uh, uh, maybe Magneto, some of those characters have been around for whatever reason, did not feel emboldened to come out post Thanos. It maybe more mutants are showing up, and it be it becomes a thing. Like maybe Professor X is big on we got to keep it a secret, so everybody at the school is keeping it secret. And then now the secret is out, and we just move on. And now mutants are a part of our world. Think I th- any of them got snapped away? I, maybe, or like I think any other explanation for why mutants showing up. I think you're making that, that's the beauty. The reason Stanley made mutants is because he was he was tired of coming up with a reason people had powers. So he just was like, they're born with it. And he moved on. Yeah. I think yeah. anything you, you're doing yourself a disservice by trying to make it any more complicated than that. And I thought, I think Marvel at this point has the cachet that they don't need to. I agree. And just in general, I don't know that I've phrased this, but like, I love that about mutants. Yeah. I love, I love that. I love that. It's like, and here we go. I mean, I think that sometimes it's just like, we spend so much time on backstories that we forget that like we actually just have to move forward and mm-hmm. I'm okay with kind of whatever explanation you give me, just hit me with it and move on. Yeah. I think, I think that's one of the issues we've had with our current superhero boom is I think people, filmmakers forget that a lot of times origins are perfunctory. Like, yeah. the, like I, I the, the, they're just an excuse to get to the cool stuff, which is the powers and all that. Like they, they're not like Spider-Man had Spider-Man is unique in that he has an origin story. Like when it comes to characters like Batman, oh his parents are died and now he's a bat. Like literally, that's. But well, what it. about the pearls, DJ? How did they fall <laughs> to the ground? We must see. Every time, even Joker, that's not a Batman movie. We need to see the Waynes <laughs> die. To see the pearls. Um, so yeah, I I kind of hope that it's that that maybe we find out retroactively that yes. Wanda and Pietro were mutants and it just the Hydra experiments activated it. Yeah. And they're kind of like our gateway into that, but then we just kind of move forward and it's like mutants are a thing now, we're moving forward and 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 I think like you said like the idea of I think it's the same issue with the defenders. If you bring back any of the if you try to decide to bring bring back Charlie Cox as Daredevil, then you're kind of forced into a position where you're like, "Well, why not Finn Jones as Iron Fist?" Like, you know. Yeah. You know, you know why, (laughs) you know why we don't need to explain this. You know why? Yeah. Um, we got another, uh, I think this will be our last question for the episode. We got a question from Brenda. Uh, what characters that we haven't seen or haven't had as much screen time would you like to see in future films or shows? So in this hypothetical future, X-Men are coming to the MCU. Are there, are there characters you'd like to see more of? Or, or maybe characters that we haven't seen yet that you'd like to see? Well, uh, the question was types of characters, right? Um, or what specific characters, characters? Yeah, what characters that we haven't seen or haven't had as much screen time would you like to see in future films or shows? Do you, do you, have, do you have immediate answers to which specific characters you want to see yes. that we haven't seen? Yeah, for yeah, me, for me, I'm a I'm a major character uh, fan of the character Phantom X. I've talked about this a lot. He's created by Grant oh. Morrison. Um, he he's kind of like if Grant Morrison created Deadpool. So less less um, jokes, 
more just general weirdness. But he he's like a master thief. Uh, he looks cool. His abilities are interesting. I'm just I, I I'm I th- I think there'd be an easy way to like integrate him into because he's he's you know if Wolverine is Weapon X, which is ten. He's weapon thirteen, like he's part of that whole thing. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, it, that's cool. I think it'd be inter- inter- it'd be easy to make him like a Wolverine supporting character, or whatever. You have dream casting? No, I think that's a tough one. On honestly, I think um, my whole thing with X Men again, I think X Men has always been a franchise that has has dealt with um, uh, minorities and and uh, uh, characters like that. So I think even though a, major- a, a large chunk of X Men are white men, I think you shake that up. So I actually think um, Phantom X in particular would be a, an an easy way to change a character to make them non-binary because uh, there was an arc where Phantom X got split up into three personalities and one of them was a woman. Um, his his nervous system is actually outside of his body as like a spaceship. So pronouns like they make a lot of sense for this character. So I think you you should I, I would make the character non-binary. I would look at non-binary actors to to portray that character. Uh, he's also it, weird because he's I think he's British, but he pretends that he's French. So there's there's things you'd have to work out uh, with that. But I think other characters that I'd like to see more of. I don't think the X Men movies ever did a good job with Cyclops or Storm. Um, mm. And I'd like to see. I, I I personally would say, listen, we know Wolverine is gonna get his own standalone movie. That's gonna happen. He's one of the most popular comic characters in the history of the world, and you're and you're probably gonna cast a white straight cis dude to play him and that makes sense and 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 we should move forward with that but in x-men movies less is more have him be have him have one amazing action scene where he kicks all of the ass but otherwise he's a supporting character to characters like storm and cyclops and i would change cyclops I, honestly, if I were to cast Cyclops, if they called me up and like, who's Cyclops? I'd cast John Boyega. I think he'd. Be, I think he would really, especially with the role he's played in the current, you know, Black Lives Matter uh, protests. I think. I think he's there. I think. He, well, it would definitely mean like Disney. It would be Disney making a statement. Yeah, I. I just. I just think. I, I think he would elevate a character that, like, if I'm being honest, Cyclops is not one of my go tos. Um, but I know there's a lot of value in the character, and I think if you cast somebody like John Boyega, uh, like you're you're elevating that character, and you make the movie about him. And Storm, it, I know Wolverine's way more popular, but Storm is one of the greatest X Men of all time. And so, like getting spending more time with her, I think is it would just be really great. And and she's so. Um, iconic like mutual friend uh jayla rocks when she was on the show she talked about how much storm uh meant to her uh and so it's like i know storm means a lot to a lot of people um so i think spending more time with that character and li- really not nothing against Halle berry i think Halle berry is a great actress but she wasn't given anything to do with that role do you have any dream storm casting i do i'm trying i don't know why i'm blanking on the name right at this moment oh cynthia revo um who's been oh my god it's like so fucking good yeah she was in the outsider she played harriet tubman and harriet i'm also a big fan what was that movie um fast times at the el royale yeah 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 uh bad bad times bad times at the el royale i i merged fast times at ridgemont high Mm -hmm. and bad times she was the best part of that movie, Cynthia. Like, and and she was yeah. in Widows, and she was amazing in that. I think um, um, her star is just going up, and I think if you that pairing, I think you'd have like a the it'd be like a supernova. It'd be great. I'm also a big fan. If you wanted somebody like less well known, Yvonne Orji from Insecure. Um, um, I think she plays Molly in Insecure. Um, she has. Uh, uh, I want to say it's an so African much. background. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not um, misremembering. So she would mess what mesh well with Storm, and also she's got great comic timing. Like she she could do all of the things. Like whatever you'd want Storm to do, I think she could do a good job. Uh, I feel mm. like I've been talking a bunch. Do you do you no, have? No, totally. I was talking actually with uh, Winston today about um, why he doesn't want. Emily Blunt to be Sue Storm, and it's because he wants her to be um, Emma Frost, which I oh, thought was yeah. uh, interesting casting as well. But yeah, I'm kind of with. For me, we've 
seen a lot of the X-Men characters. We've seen a lot of them done well. We've seen a lot of them done poorly. I agree with almost everything that you've said so far, DJ, if not everything. But I do think that this is just a massive opportunity. And I, I hate to sound like this person who's just like pushing an agenda, but a lot of people learn about representation and different types of people from these movies. Like yeah. it's their first. And, and the fact that we were just talking about in New Mutants, this like beautiful lesbian love story of these teens coming up. Um, it's, and also uh, I was going to put this on my list of things to talk about this week. I'm sure you saw about the non-binary uh, kid quick becoming yeah. a flat, which is really freaking cool as well. I just think that this is a chance to show people something a little different yeah. that they might not be um, some, some types of people that they might not be interacting with on a regular basis. Like how, uh, I think I've told you this before, but the first time my mom went to college, when her roommate went up to her and started tapping her head, and my mom was like, "What are you doing?" And she was like checking for horns because she had heard my mom was Jewish and she legitimately didn't know. Oh my god! Like that's something she just really didn't know. There's a lot of people who grow up watching these types of movies who are not exposed to tons of people. DJ and I live in Los Angeles, so like I have a ton of friends who are either trans or non-binary or black or Hispanic or whatever, like anything that maybe people from smaller towns are not as don't have as much, like don't understand pronouns or anything like that because, and I'm not saying everybody from a small town. I know a lot of people do yeah. understand that stuff, but I do think that when we're doing something different now and it is 2020, this is a massive opportunity to add representation to your slate. Yeah. And this is not just for, um, the X-Men, but in general with Disney and Warner Brothers, I think that they have an obligation to society to show different types of people. If we're willing to t show mutants and aliens, is it that off base to think that one of them could be non-binary? Yeah. Like, is it that crazy to think that an like people who think that Superman has to be white? Is it that crazy to think maybe he's not, you know, like just so in general, um, that's what I'm always looking for in casting. It doesn't have to be every single cast member, but it will be interesting to see, especially with mutants and whatnot, what they end up doing with the X-Men. Yeah. yeah, and I think with X-Men in particular, since that's always been kind of the brand, and let's say for some reason, like Marvel doesn't want the, the fan backlash of changing the race of an iconic character. The beauty of X-Men is there's so many of them. Just pick one, yeah. pick ones that are those then. Like uh, you can do so many things. And, and it, I feel like, there's such a great opportunity here to engage with the moment we live in. And it's, and it's not hard, especially if you, if you, if you take that, if you look at like the Avengers and the Avengers are like the mostly straight white male, da, 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 you know what I mean? And you say the X-Men's not that you could have in the movie, you could have a character like a J Jonah Jameson or some other news pundit be like, look at these superheroes. Like, and you bring up Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth. And it's like, we knew we could trust them. Now anybody can have powers. And you bring up people of color and stuff like that. And you're like, this is what this is what X-Men is. You yeah. know what I mean? This is like it's it, you can use the the you can it, it it's an opportunity to talk about the stuff we're dealing with right now in a way that is more accessible to people in a way that hopefully helps them understand what other, like you're talking about other people in other parts of the country are, are dealing with from different backgrounds, different walks of life. And that's what X-Men is about. And it's a way to make the subtext text. It's, it's like, there's a lot of these things. Like I think the, the show Carnival Row, it's like, what if beautiful white people, were discriminated against like it's like well what if what a premise yeah what if what if the people that are discriminated against have amazing powers so maybe we should maybe we could do that one i don't i don't, I don't fucking know it's a little doper to me but what do i know yeah what, hey, and again i think i think when it comes to x-men it's like that's kind of always been a part of it so why not em embrace it especially when you have Marvel at this point has the leeway to they're making an Eternals movie. They're making an Eternals movie. They can they could do whatever the fuck they want. What they know? want. Whatever they want. So yeah. those are where, our where is the character of Courtney COVID? What I mean, dream casting there. Marvel, I, get on it. It's your new it's your new billion dollar character. Where is Courtney COVID? All right, everybody. Those are our thoughts on New Mutants and the X-Men movies. Let us know uh, 
I guess if you're watching live, you can let us know in the chat. If you're not watching live and you're like, wait, you can watch these things live? Yes, you can. You can do that at patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers. Roxy and I are doing the Only Stupid Answers show weekly. If you're listening to this as a podcast, you're only hearing a small part of that conversation. We're talking about a whole bunch of things, all the stuff we're into this week, news, reviews, the whole shebang. So you're going to want to check that out. Um, And also, this is a fan-supported show. It doesn't exist without you coming and supporting. And we know that times are tough right now. So any uh, your contributions to help make this show happen are hugely appreciated. And we're also doing our best to try and give you content uh, on that platform that makes it worth your time and your energy. It's a lovely community. Please go be a part of it. But we're not the only ones. The show is not the only one that's fan-supported. Roxy, you're fan-supported as well, the stuff that you do. Yeah, everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Got a YouTube show that's every single day, live at the Roxy. What are we on, 244 today? Oh, my God. No, no, 254, because we passed 250. It might be 254. I've lost the days. Um, And also my Patreon, patreon.com slash Roxy Stryer. And if you like watching people do weird-ass shit, then the World Girls, uh, we do every Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, we are doing our In Real Life episode that we taped last month where we brought on Adam Gertler as we gave Deep Frying a Turkey a Whirl. Nice. Um, and it was, it's going to be a wild episode. We, that is not in our, D- Darina, Steph, and I are like probably the least domestic three trio ever. Um, and I will tell you that there is a major faux pas in the episode in which we, uh, not all the food comes out. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> so. That sounds like entertainment to me. That sounds like an entertaining time to me. So please go check all that out. You can follow this show at Only Stupid Answers everywhere that matters. But on Twitter, you're going to want to yank out the vowels from stupid. Exactly. Three, two, two one. one. Yank out the vowels from stupid. So, uh, and you can follow me at DJ Talks Trash every place that matters. We appreciate y'all. Please uh, like and subscribe and share and get this out there. All of those things. And we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.